Okay, we're rolling. Okay. Welcome back to Unemployed with Anna Roisman. I'm Anna Roisman, and I am unemployed right now. And Brian's here. Brian's on the mic. And I am employed right now. Yeah, Brian's in a great mood today. You really are. It's that job, huh? That, it's that, certainly that and nothing else. That employment life. <laughs> uh, I'm jealous, though, uh, you know, that you've always had a job and we've done this for years now. Um, I mean, you, anyone can get a job. It's just... Sure. My you life know. seems to go up and down dramatically, though, right? Month month to month. <laughs> yeah, you certainly have like a, a way of uh, having a very exciting life. Thank you. Uh, oh that, my that's God. nicely put. That was so nicely put. That felt positive. I felt like very, I don't know, I feel like a star right now. Thank you so much. Um, I, I launched the Patreon last week. That's something to talk about today. Yeah. So, you know, check out that Patreon. I'll plug it again at the end, but, you know, might as well throw it in. We've already got a couple people into it. I got to shout them out at the end because that is what I said I would do (laughs) on the (laughs) Patreon. Um, I'm very excited about our guest today. Yeah. Oh my God. She is a a journalist. She is not a comedian, which I respect and love. We worked together for the last year and a half at a little place called HQ. Heard of it? Remember HQ Trivia? Um, Vaguely. Okay, shut up. Brian's (laughs) done. Uh, We just took the mic away. We're done. Uh, Guys... The lovely, my wonderful friend, Sharon Carpenter, is here. Hi, Sharon. Hi, guys. What's Hello. up? How are you doing? I was sitting in silence throughout that whole thing. She wanting was. to chime in oh, I'm at sorry. moments. If you have anything to chime up. in, you can. You can. <clears throat> I was just going to say, because you were talking about being unemployed. No, you've employed yourself. Thank you. I have. Right? Always. You're self-employed. You're I'm good. I'm self-employed. Should yeah. we change the name to the self-employed, self-employed podcast? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we do have freelancers. I mean, you're... You're pretty self-employed as well. Yeah, you're not. I, I you know. consider myself self-employed to a great extent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, how have you been doing? We haven't really like actually caught up since the demise of our no, beloved HQ. Not really. Um, we hung out maybe like three nights after. Yeah. The demise yeah right? with, with, uh, with, everyone. with everybody and it, it was amazing because yeah. yeah there were people there that we haven't seen in over a year some yeah. of them right um the original hq squad and that was amazing we had drinks together and there's so much love i mean we are like a family and i miss you guys so much i know i miss I really you because yeah i mean if i was working on a tuesday or a thursday i would always see you yeah um you know we work obviously very closely with the producers Gab and Ellen. I, I miss know. their faces Shout out as to well. those Matt, girls. Like, I should do an episode with Gab and Ellen. You should. That oh, would that would be, be really fun. That yeah. would be really fun. But no, I've been good. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I, I've, I worked for HQ for like two years, right? Over two years. I started um, at the end of 2017. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've had some really amazing times there, but... Um, you know, I sort of was at the point where it's like, okay, I'm doing all these other things now. And, um, you know, some of them were probably taking priority at that point. So it, it, although it's been a very sad situation, it's kind of like, okay, other stuff next, you know, got to get to this, got to get to that. You don't have that much time to, right. And we kind of knew it it wasn't going to be forever. I mean, in this industry, we do shows and and gigs and they always end. (laughs) They always end. And you know what, what goes up must come down. Yeah. Um, it happens all the time. So yeah, you, you get what you can out of it. Mm -hmm. Right. You try to use that to leverage, you know, leverage it to get your next opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know, you just want to take advantage of it as much as possible while it's there because it's 
likely not going to last. Yeah. I loved our routine. I think I just miss the routine right now. Like last night, I was like, I feel empty on like a Tuesday night. I'm like, I just wish I had somewhere to go. You know, I had something to do. I wanted to just go to work. (laughs) That's part of this life, right? Like I've certainly had those times where it's been hard, right? Like in between situations. Yeah. Um, and people don't always know that you're in between situations, mm-hmm. right? Because you don't necessarily announce it all the time. But um, Although the press announced this one they, for us. The press <laughs> announced this one. Yes, they did. Yeah. And the whole world knew. Um, but I remember times kind of in between jobs where, you know, and I've always been someone who's like, gone after a lot of stuff and I've Mm -hmm. got a lot of irons in the fire and that kind of thing but um, I remember leaving one particular job and working to get the next one and waking up it was kind of a depressing time to be honest right and waking up in the morning and you check your email and you're hoping for that email that you've been waiting for and then it's not there and it's like you have to self-motivate like you've got to get yourself up and get out there and send out more emails and you know, take meetings and yeah. go on the, the, you know, part of it's being on the social scene to a certain extent, right? Like yeah. going to events and things like I that. I gotta go to more events across, with you. Yeah, where you can come across <laughs> people and, and meet some good people. So, um, but yeah, I mean, part of it is not having that routine. And even when you're working on your own stuff, and I work on a lot of my own stuff, I work on creating and developing shows, right? And you just have to be so on top of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't have that structure anymore. You don't have a boss who's going to be breathing down your neck or someone who's going to be calling you if you're late. Right, or a deadline to write your script. Yeah, exactly. You've just got to, you've got to get to it. And that can be one of the hardest things, I think, yeah. self-motivating but yeah. it's got to be done it's funny though I I was doing it for a long time I was very much writing you know working on shows and we did the unemployed show and we I had all these projects going on and then I got HQ and it was like I, seven days a week I mean you know we used to work a lot of days oh, in a yeah. row and yeah. I just like you know when the work comes I was so excited just to yeah. like dive in every day wake up write my script work yeah. on it you know it was like Oh, it's great, yeah. And the thing is, it can be really exhausting, but because of the passion you have for it, mm-hmm. you don't even notice that, right? Yeah. Like, um, I, you and I are, are very much alike, I think, when it comes to that. Because I'm like that too. I just want to work all the time. Mm-hmm. And people always say to me, oh, you know, what are you doing this weekend? And what are you doing, like, tonight? You know, you hang out, you... Um, whatever you're going to a party this party that party and usually I'm working because that's how I I feel at my best yeah you know when I'm working on something so I want to know from the start young Sharon growing up what did Uh you know what you wanted to do when you were young oh no not at all no (laughs) I have no idea I mean my parents my mom and stepdad are doctors and you know, so they were hoping that, you know, one of us would become a doctor. Sure. My, my stepsister actually became a doctor. But my brother is like a international DJ mm-hmm. and producer. They were very concerned about that. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, now they've gotten used to the idea. Um, my sister was, was sort of flip-flopping a little bit and then became a teacher and then... Um, ended up becoming a best-selling author. Cool. So, you know, she went the artistic route as well. And then me was like, okay... Are you the youngest? I'm the youngest, yeah. Uh So I, you know, I knew I didn't want to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. But then I thought maybe I could be a vet, right? (laughs) I did think maybe I can be a vet. 
because uh, I like animals. Like, but then, I like animals more than humans. I could <laughs> save them. <laughs> and then at one point I wanted to, I realized I was good at art. Mm-hmm. and Like drawing? Drawing, okay. yeah. So in my class in school, uh, I was actually the, the best artist. Wow. Oh, I'm not surprised, Cher. Really? <laughs> well, thank you. Um, and, you know, I loved it as well. And I remember when I was six, I won, like, a competition for designing a school uniform, and I got 50 pounds. What? I was so excited. My Wait, mom, you designed a school uniform? I designed a school uniform. And, and how old were you? Six. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so I won 50 pounds and my mom forced me to spend like 20 of it on my brother and sister. What? <laughs> she was like, share and share alike. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, so fashion designer, what else did I want to do? Oh, and then, you know, I discovered this, this big passion for music. And mm-hmm. uh, that was really through my brother, who's a DJ, and um, he introduced me to a lot of different types of music. And hip-hop in particular, like hip-hop has had a, a big impact on my life. But um, I then wanted to be an A&R. Like, and I was, that's actually the reason I moved to America. Really? I was like, I'm going to go to school in America, university, mm-hmm. and I'm going to study business, and then I'm going to become an A&R, and I'm going to look for talent, and then I'm going to run my own record label one day. There so you go. that was what I really wanted to do. And uh, came over. I did that, you know, went to school, uh, Pace University okay. in, uh, in Manhattan, studied business and sort of got out on the scene and started meeting different people in the industry and ended up getting my first internship, my first sort of foot in the door in mm-hmm. the industry. And it was working for someone who's now a best friend of mine, um, Fiona Bloom, who was running different record labels like around that time. Cool. And she ended up hiring me as her intern initially. Uh, and then she hired me as her assistant because I was that good. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you moved on up in the ranks. I moved on up. And um, it was interesting. Like a lot of people weren't necessarily that happy about it as well because what do you mean well I about you do, there working was a in lot music of, no about me getting the job as the assistant that quickly and oh they're was, jealous there was a lot of sexism there was a lot of sexism in the music industry that yeah. I saw and like a lot of the guys would be like oh yeah you know you just got hired because so and so thinks you're cute Ugh. and Ugh. it's like first of all it was the woman who hired me right. she's the one who wanted to bring me on as her assistant just because it took you three years of an internship right. before you got paid and it took me three months like three years Oh, you have good work ethic. Yeah, I see it. Yeah. You probably always had that. Well, that doesn't just like yeah. come out for night. Nice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was it was interesting. I mean, some of the comments that you used to hear a lot in the music industry, and now, you know, we're hearing more about it through the Me Too movement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, oh, yeah, it was very, very prevalent and, you know, sort of normal. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so you're an assistant there. Yeah. Have, then what? A year later, you took over the company, right? You just <laughs> started signing amazing people. What did I do after? Oh, so How I long realized I was maybe there for. So I was in school at the time, mm-hmm. and I was maybe there for about eight months or something. Okay. And then I realized, okay, this isn't quite what I anticipated. Like, I wanted to be more creative. And I was hoping, you know, working for a record label. Yeah. And, 
I, I, that I would have the, the chance to be more creative, but I was really sort of stuck behind the desk on a computer or on the phone. Uh, and that was pretty much it. So I realized it wasn't quite for me. Sure. And I've been an assistant. It's a lot of booking yeah, travel. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Getting exactly. lunch. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that. And I mean, she she used to let me do some pretty cool stuff as well, but still, I just started to realize this this life isn't it for yeah. me. Um, and then television kind of fell on my lap. Oh, so yeah, I love how you say that. It's <laughs> yeah. falling in mine soon. Yeah, I know it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it will. I mean, no, you're, it, you're it doing has. really well for yourself. Thanks, Jazz. All right, so television falls in your lap. Yeah. What, what does that look like? Well, basically, it was a public access show, so it was like super low budget sure. television, right? Um, and it was a music video show, and they were looking for a new host because their current host was leaving. Uh, and basically, what the host would do was go to record labels for press days and interview artists or cover red carpets, go to album release parties and just do interviews with mm-hmm. stars, basically. And I'd never even thought about TV before. And to be honest, I used to be the shyest little girl. Really? Oh, yeah. When I look back, when I look at some of the stuff I do now, and I think back to who I used to be, I was so shy. I'm surprised. I was You're so, so comfortable on, like, on camera or in front of people oh my God, or professionally. I was, I was painfully shy. I was shy to the point where when I was in school and the teacher, and I always knew the answers, right, to this math question, that English question, um, but I wouldn't speak up. <laughs> so people sometimes, I remember when I, we got our test back for some math test and I got like uh, 98% and people coming over and looking at my paper like 98%, how'd you get that? Because they didn't know that I was right. good at math because I didn't speak up. I just did it, you know, myself. You didn't need to, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't want to, I was scared, you know. Good. At and least they the, weren't saying, she got an 98 because she's cute. And you're like, yeah. no, I <laughs> did the work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was to come later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I... I do sort of give myself a bit of a pat on the back nowadays that I've been able to That's get good. to the point where I am comfortable speaking in front of a lot of people, millions at times. Yeah. Right? Um, back but, in those million <laughs> number days. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but I can't believe this public access show, because like I've done yeah. one of them before. They're very low budget. They're yeah. fun. They're great to oh, like, hone your get craft. Paid. Yeah. But the fact that they were like, we're going to send you out to all these like releases and parties. That's oh, so yeah. cool. So it was just, there were three of us that were working for the show, the producer, uh, there was another guy and me. And yeah, we used to, you know, I interviewed everyone from Diddy to Nas to Brandy to... I love it. Um, I don't know, countless, Snoop Dogg, everybody. Since I met you, there are always times like something will come up in conversation, like a show or I don't know, something in the news. And Sharon will literally always say, oh yeah, I interviewed them. Like just before (laughs) you were like, I interviewed Tom Hanks and Brian and I are like, what? But (laughs) you do, you've had so many, you've obviously you've met so many people. Yeah. I want to know, was there, especially even from this time, was there anyone that like stands out for you, like a funny story or like one of your favorite interviews or someone who was just, or someone who was mean? I mean, we don't have to badmouth anyone here, you know? Um, I think my favorite interview was Mark Hamill. 
And, you know, there that's kind of a no-brainer, right? Because I'm a big Star Wars fan and I was in love with Luke for many, many years and Han Solo. Yeah, you just Both told me this was... We you couldn't decide. I couldn't decide. I was a very confused <laughs> little girl, you know. I didn't know which one to go for. When I was really young, you know, three or four, it was all about Luke. Right. Uh, and then you get a little older and then you realise, well, Han Solo's got a little bit more edge. Right, so maybe, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a bit of a scoundrel. Is your family we a like scoundrels. Star Wars family? Oh, yeah, yeah, my Brother. Like, would you like Same dress thing. up to go to see these movies or anything? Or um, like, you're not that crazy? I actually sort of saw them out of order because I'm the youngest in my family. And, mm. but no, I never dressed up to go to see the movies, but I've dressed up in Star Wars character outfits on HQ. Yeah. Actually, I did it as with an, you. Full on adult. Yes, you did. Do you did. remember how nervous I was? Because I don't watch Star Wars. I don't, Blasphemy. I'm not, I'm not a yeah, Star get Wars. Out of here. Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Brian's still here. <laughs> don't tell me you're a Trekkie. No, I don't like Star Trek. Eat. No, I like, like Star Wars more than Star Trek. She likes Wicked. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, you, you, I mean, I mean, you Wicked, I've the musical. Oh my God, we're going to go see Wicked. Yeah. But I remember being so scared and you were like, oh, I love Star Wars Night on HQ. And I was like, who am I dressing <laughs> up as? What is this? I faked it. No oh, one knew. you did a good job. No yeah. one knew. You did a great job. There was one night with Harry Potter where they were. someone in the comments was like, Anna's never read Harry Potter. I was like, that is true. <laughs> well, you know what? I did a Game of Thrones game and never seen it in Me my too. life. Me too. Yeah. yeah and we're I'm revealing like all of our secrets. Throwing out the names, like yeah. just rolling off the tongue and hoping that they were convinced. Right? I just remember like, were. you memorize it for that day. I'm like, all right, here are all these characters. I'm reading all the wiki, wiki yeah, pages. Exactly. Like Star exactly. Wars Thank wiki. Thank goodness for Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. And all those weird fan sites. We pulled through. I faked it. Yeah. Okay. So you're so Mark Hamill. What was so amazing about this? Were you just so starstruck? Starstruck might not be. I I don't really allow myself to get starstruck. I did once. I'll tell you about that in a second. But it was more that uh, this is Luke Skywalker in the flesh. Like what? (laughs) Um, I was. It was actually at the Tony Awards. I was at the Tony Awards. Oh my god! And you haven't seen Wicked? And I've never seen. (laughs) They won. (laughs) Oops. Oops. Um, yeah, so the carpet was, it was a really long carpet and it went on for about three or four hours. There were so many stars that particular year. It was a really, really big year. And then I see Mark Hamill just sort of strolling along at the back of the carpet and no one realized it was him. Yeah, because he's not really Broadway. Yeah, exactly. And he was just like way in the back. So no one was interviewing him. I'm like, Mark, Mark, come over here. And he came over. And uh, part of the reason why it was such an epic interview was really because of the photo that we took afterwards because uh, we took a pic together, a selfie together, and he has his ha- his hand, like, placed under my chin like he's holding my head up. It's really cute. <laughs> it's really, really cute. I'm like, oh, it. my God, this is a legendary photo. But he also told me some Star Wars stuff, like um, James Earl Jones was being honoured at the Tony Awards. Oh, and I was God. like, oh, you're Star Wars dad. And he was like, yeah, you know, I didn't even meet him when we were filming Star Wars. It was years later. That's so crazy. Yeah, he said he was doing a voiceover for something. And then suddenly through the speakers, he hears, Luke, I am your father. And like they were pranking him because James Earl Jones was like in the other room and that was their first time meeting. Oh my God, that's really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, for us Star Wars nerds, that's like an epic moment. Yeah, you got the inside scoop. Exactly. But who were um, you starstruck by? Johnny Depp. Really? Yeah. Wow. Did not expect that. Johnny Depp. Have you met Oprah? 
I've met Oprah a couple and you, of times. And Johnny Depp was uh, It was Johnny Depp. It, I mean, you remember how handsome he used to be, right? Of course, yeah. Yeah. He's hot. So, He's still hot, you know, in a, yeah. in a yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just uh, he hasn't held on to it as much as he could have. <laughs> he drinks a lot of wine. <gasps> yeah? Have yeah. you drank wine with Johnny Depp? No, but it's like in the news that he spent $50,000 a month on wine. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. He's probably on the Today Show then, huh? Not Good Morning America. Hey, hey. hey got <laughs> it. That was, a, that was a good morning <laughs> show joke. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Johnny is like super, super talented, but I mean, where did he, you meet he him? He used to be ridiculously hot. It was a junket for a movie. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you do these junkets, they already have the seats set up and everything set up. And uh, you basically go into the room, like all these, you know, various different outlets will be there and you wait your turn. And then you go in, you've got your, you know, four or five minutes to speak to whoever. Um so I go in, I'm like, I've got this. I've interviewed many stars before, you know, whatever. It's Johnny Depp. He was just so stunningly good looking <laughs> that I couldn't speak. <laughs> like, I'm trying to get the words out. I'm stuttering. The publicist is, is right there. Like, give me filthy looks. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, that Did you say it? Were you like, I'm sorry, you're very good looking and I <laughs> cannot do my job right now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I think it was obvious. I think actions spoke louder than words oh at that point. Oh, my God. But he was so lovely. He yeah. really was. Like, he acted like, oh, no, this is a super professional interview. This, And he was so nice. Like, just really really nice and that really stood out to me that's good yeah that's nice i only met i i have yet to interview celebrities it's my dream to do it on this podcast and ask them about their jobs and like losing jobs yeah. um so have you, do you reach out to different celebrities not yet to come on? not yet okay. there's there's some percolating. there's some there's some in the works percolating. yeah there's some in the works but brian and i probably have to go into manhattan and like you know yeah we can't invite them to my apartment to oh, yeah. his apartment <laughs> thank you for coming to his apartment sharon's a celebrity <laughs> but you know she's well, also she lives in brooklyn so i knew that's not too hard yeah this is like a quick 10 minute drive yeah um but I've mostly met them at restaurants that I worked at because okay, I worked okay. outside of the CIA building in LA. Oh, did you? At Kraft in LA. Yeah. Oh, so who and did you see in there? People thought like, oh, Anna, you're going to get, CIA is going to pick you up. I'm like, no, I'm literally just the girl who works there. Like they all knew <laughs> me and I was friendly yeah. with the agents and stuff. Um, you know who would come in all of the time? Um, oh my God, now I'm blank. We're going to have to edit this. Uh, what's his face? Um, shit. Who's married to Annette Benning? What's his name? Why am I blank right now? Warren Beatty? Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty oh, would he used to come, come in, in like three times a week. Lunch, Why? dinner. Uh, he just know, loved the food. I guess. and he Or he lived nearby. I have no mm-hmm. idea. But I remember we were supposed to not welcome him back because he'd come like... I'm telling Goss on the pod today. Ooh, he would come in with different women at lunch and mm. then he'd come in at night with Annette Benning for dinners. And oh. so he told the manager, do not have your staff say welcome back. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, oh. this is such... Oh, That's my gross. God. L.A. Goss. I mean, I didn't see him like, you know, uh, I don't know. How Typical do you know? L.A. though, right? Very, yeah. Where I'm like, go to another restaurant with other women then, right? <laughs> like, you're coming in twice a day. You don't he think someone Someone's going to be like, hey, you missed us. How did you enjoy your lunch earlier? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. But I would love to interview him, you know, about his jobs. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll happen. Of course it will happen. Just um, 
you know, it's just about going after them, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, reach out to Warren Beatty. I'm going to text him. Come down to the apartment. I think I'm going to text him today. I'm going to be like, hey, Warren. We're on, we're on a slip in the DM, slide in the DMs. <laughs> I love works. sliding into DMs. Which was the last DM you, or whose was the last DM? Ooh, I got a good one actually. Um, I love how off subject we are, but Alamo Draft House one night said they needed a host to host a screening of Cats the Musical. And if you remember, I was obsessed with Cats yeah, the Musical. Oh yeah, my God, yeah, yeah. I thought it was magical. And they were like, we're going to have a rowdy screening and we need a host. And I literally, like, it was like midnight and I drunkenly was like, me. I've hosted it. I've done it on HQ. Like, I know everything there is to know about this movie. Like, let me host it. And like a billion other people did. And then I recently got a DM from them saying like, hey, sorry, our DMs were pretty busy that night, but like, we'd love to have you host. And I was like, oh my God, like, here's my email. Like, send me the details. And then they haven't emailed me yet. Oh, that's amazing. When is it supposed to be? It already happened, oh, I think, oh, but they might happened. do others, you oh, know, because okay, it okay, could be okay, like okay, an ongoing, okay, okay. like... Email them again. Rocky or, Horror. Send them another message. Thank you. I yeah. will. I will, you know. It could be a really fun night for me to yeah, yeah, host yeah, a yeah, cat yeah. screening. Uh, well, You'll come. Make sure you invite me. I will. Okay. I will. Good. All right. So after this, you got the public access show. What was your next big gig? What were you doing? So yeah, through the public access show, that's how... My journalism career started. Yes. Because when I met you, yeah. you were a Sharon Carpenter journalist. Yes. Very much not no. a comedian. No. Entertaining host. Not, not very funny at all. <laughs> of course you're funny. No, I've, I've worked what... on my comedic skills through HQ, actually. It's helped a lot. But no, definitely not a comedian. A broadcast journalist, I mm-hmm. would say. That's usually what I call myself. Um, but yeah, so I was covering... Uh, some album release party and there were like tons of stars there. Like Diddy was there, Russell Simmons was there. She's always um, running into Diddy. <laughs> I, yeah, I worked for Diddy as well. But Diddy, yeah, I've come he across Diddy. He lived next door to my best many, friend. Many, many times. From childhood. <laughs> oh, really? Mm-hmm. Ah, so she must have some. He was puffy then. He was puffy, yeah. yeah. Not P. Diddy. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I'm there. Like it was kind of crazy grabbing people, doing interviews. And Channel 9 was down there, right? And the news director was there with his family. He was actually there with his his daughter and his wife. Um, and then the reporter was there, their camera crew, like, because uh, it was a pretty big deal. So I'm there interviewing Russell Simmons. And afterwards, the news director came up to me and he said, um, he said, I see the way you're out here hustling, grabbing all these different people, you know, doing your thing. He said, anyone who can work the room like the way you're working it right now should be in news. Wow. Yeah. That's a compliment. Yeah. I mean, he also said, don't put your hand on your hip while you're interviewing people. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, shit. Because I had my hand on my hip while I was interviewing Russell Sims like this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pop the shoulder. She wants to look good. You're on camera, too. It's not just exactly, him. Exactly, exactly. Um, but that was good advice. It was a little weird. Um, anyway, so he gave me his card, and then he gave my producer's card as well because he was like, you know, we're always looking for shooters and producers cool. as well. I jumped on it immediately. I emailed him the next day. Nice. And uh, stayed in contact, and literally about two weeks later, he said... We're looking for an associate producer at Channel 9. Do you think you're up for the job? I said, hell yeah, I'm up for the job. Totally experienced, ready to go. Yep. Wasn't at all. You know? <laughs> and uh, that's he was it like, in this industry. you got to fake it. it. you got to fake it in the door. You make it. Yeah, yeah. And I have an interesting story I'll tell you about. So, um, so 
go, I went in, I met with him and the assistant news director and they ended up hiring me as an associate producer. And I, I didn't even know what that meant, associate <laughs> producer. I didn't know. So I became a field producer, right? Okay. Which is where, okay, there's some sort of breaking news and you go out there to figure out what's going on and um, interview the key people and get footage of the scene. And uh, either you're with a reporter or you bring everything back and the reporter will work on the story with you. Right. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's breaking news, sometimes it's not breaking news, but basically you're going out there and news gathering and bringing that stuff back. Uh, so my first day on the job, right, I was working for Channel 9 and uh, we were covering the funeral of a rabbi and I <laughs> had, it was hot, right? It was like 90 degrees that day. Okay. I dressed very inappropriately that day and without really realizing, right? I was wearing I was young. Oh no. I was still in school. Yeah. Right. I'm wearing a very short skirt. To go to this rabbi's funeral. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I learned a big had you, lesson. That had you day. been in a synagogue before? No, I hadn't. Oh, that's really So funny. I didn't really know what to expect, but you know, I go there with these two camera guys and the man who was organizing the funeral, we met him. And then he pulled me to the side. He said, can I speak to you for a minute? And I said, yeah, sure. And he said, your skirt's completely inappropriate. He said, everyone's looking at your legs. The police oh, are no. looking at your legs. And I'm going to give you some money. And you need to go to the store and buy a new dress. Someone at and, the yeah. synagogue, not even on your team. <laughs> no, exactly. He, this was the guy who was, like, organizing yeah. the funeral. So I didn't know what to do. Like, I, I just, I literally didn't yourself- know, should I do that? Like, am I really offensive right now? Or, um, you know, I didn't know what to do. And I, I spoke to my camera guys. I was like, guys, any advice? They were like, screw that. Oh, no. <laughs> they were like, F that, no. Like, it was like, you know, you're wearing what you're wearing. Yeah. Like, you're here to do a job. You, right. you know, and also, you're you were intentionally the... doing this. It was no, very... No, no. And, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not, it wasn't as bad as he was making out. It was It was just a bit above the knee. Sure. Right. Um, I understand when you're at a funeral, if you know you're going to be at a funeral, you should dress differently. It wasn't like but it was my neon first day on pink, the job. right? No, I think it was like brown. Oh, okay. As yeah. long as you weren't like... <laughs> <laughs> no, <White. laughs> but it was really hot that day. It yeah. was literally like, you know how it is in New York, 90 something degrees. So I didn't even think about it. But uh, these guys were like, nah, forget it. You're good. <laughs> and but it, it was a stressful situation. So you did the job. I you, did the you job. You got the story. I got the story. You know, yeah. some, want to know something funny? My best friend who grew up in New York City, her grandfather passed away and I went to the funeral. And I, I still think it's very hard to to know what to wear to a funeral. You want to be respectful. I also had to work that day. You know, you were dressing for a couple different things. And I wore this black dress that had spaghetti straps and it was also hot. And I remember growing up, we're never allowed to wear our shoulders out in synagogue. You have to cover your shoulders with like a cardigan or something. And I remember I wore this dress. I had something over my shoulders, but I just felt like, ooh, I'm in this like spaghetti strap dress. Mm. And I told my mom, my mom's like, you don't have a funeral dress? I go... I'm sorry, what? And she's like, yeah, everyone has to have 
a funeral dress in their closet. And when I went home for like the next holiday or whatever I went home for, my mom bought me this like conservative, like nice black dress. And she's like, this will be your funeral dress. Oh, wow. And I, it's funny because the funerals I've gone to, I've actually worn it. The same dress. (laughs) And I call it my funeral dress. Like I even wore it to like an audition and I was like, yeah, I'll just wear my funeral dress. Like, I don't know why. (laughs) It's just known as the funeral dress. Yeah. So silly. I I mean, it's, it's true. It's good to <laughs> good have to one have. of those. Unfortunately. The the Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. My Hopefully mom's like, Anna, as you get older, often. more people are going to oh. go and you got to have a funeral dress. Yeah. I was like, all right, this is too real for me. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just wear a button down? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, it's hard to know. It's, weddings and funerals. Yeah. Tough to dress for. Yeah. Yeah. And HQ games now. And HQ games, it can be. Yeah. <gasps> At the beginning, it was a little tough to dress for. Yeah. Cause they don't, you don't know what you're Yeah. You're your trying vibe to figure is, things yeah. out. It's, yeah. It's different. And um, things that look really, really good on you in person don't always translate well. Right. To camera. Camera. And, and even, you know, it might if it's a different kind of a set, but when it's something so close. Right. Yeah, it's like it doesn't always register in the same way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, shooting in vertical is tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you, okay, so how long were you at this news job for at Channel 9? So I was probably there for about a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. That was a long time. And then my boss left and went over to BET and then brought me over there. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I remember you were at BET for, you've told I was me about at BET it. For, I was at BET twice. So I was at BET first, when he brought me over there, um, he, I was an assistant producer at that point mm-hmm. for BT. That was basically all they had the money for. It was like, right. you know, I was an associate producer over there at Channel 9. And this boss is the one that met you on that red carpet. Yes. Who brought boss. you over. That's yeah. so cool. He's been like a mentor to me. Yeah. Yeah. Will Wright. His name's Will Wright. He's amazing. Uh, and so he went over to BT and the the people that he really thought I guess had the the best work ethic or were the most talented he brought as many of them as possible over with him that's cool those we need more people like that yeah like I love that he saw you but he also gave his card to your producer and was like we're gonna need everyone but you know what's interesting though the producer didn't follow up for like four months three or four months Mm. and then when he did eventually follow up uh, Will told me, he was like, oh, your producer actually finally emailed me after three, four months. He was like, it's too late. If you're not on it. Yeah, you got to be on you, it. You snooze, you lose. Yeah. You know, when he you said that to me, I was like, I had too. a meeting yesterday and I have to send them stuff. And I was like, I got to send yeah, it today. Yeah, <laughs> you got to, you got to. Yeah, you got to jump on it. If you leave it too long, like, yeah, yeah you're out. You're cut out of the picture. Um, so, sorry, what was the question? You were at BET. Yeah. And you were uh, so, an assistant so, so then producer. I was at, at BET as an assistant producer. But they were really short-staffed, right? And they needed somebody to step up and be a, a full-on producer. So I just learned on the job basically learned how to you know write full news stories and um I worked with a bunch of journalists from BT from CBS as well because remember Viacom owned Owned it yeah Yeah, exactly um so I worked with like some great guys at uh, CBS and I would put the whole story together and they'd just come in and do the voiceover and then we'd put that package together so I was doing everything from coming up with all the story ideas to you know arranging all the interviews and speaking with the publicists and getting the stars because oftentimes there were stars involved sometimes just newsmakers involved Mm -hmm. um so you, you weren't know, on camera for this? I wasn't on camera for any of this. Um, and then I'd 
go out, you know, do all the interviews, get everything together, come back, write the script, um, have them track it. We call it tracking versus VO. Uh, and then I'd sit with the editor and we'd put it together. And I, my approach was always uh, like, let's put this story together in a really creative way, mm-hmm. right? Because even though we're doing the news, like this is an entertainment network. So right. I would, you know, take chances and, and do cool. stuff with like a real creative flair. Um, but yeah, I wanted to be on, on camera as well. Um, and so I ended up getting two other jobs while... While I was at BET producing mm-hmm. and uh, one was working for some sort of HD newscast that was like way out in Long Island somewhere <laughs> and it took me like two hours to get there and then here was the problem <laughs> with that so I worked there every weekend right and I'd take the train out there it took two hours and then once I was oh out there God. we usually had to come back into the city to do a story <gasps> and then go back out there and then come back again oh my like, God. literally like eight hours of my day was spent traveling to, yeah <laughs> and I was getting paid something like $250 for the whole <laughs> day for the day and oh. it's like you know half of that was spent on the the travel but <laughs> Um, and then I got another job for another show, uh, which was an entertainment show where you, we did different pieces, a lot of celebrity interviews and stuff as well. Um, and that was interesting. Do you want to hear that story? Sure. I spoke about it for the first time, actually. Um, We're not uh, the in first an interview. time? You're, oh, no. <laughs> sorry. But <laughs> She's it's like, juicy. actually, this will be the second time <laughs> I've ever talked about this. <laughs> it's juicy, though. So... The boss of that show, the show was on hiatus and it was coming back, right, Mm -hmm. for a new season. And my boss, who was always a little weird, um, and I found myself in some weird situations. I don't like the sound of this. No, I know. Do you want to, is this appropriate for this? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Whatever you want. (laughs) Platform. Okay, so um, there was actually one time. So we had to go to... New Orleans for some sort of television conference, right? Mm -hmm. And my boss was like, okay, Sharon, you're coming out to do this. I have to be out there anyway, so I'll be out there. We'll, you know, get this story done together. And I had a boyfriend at the, the time who I was living with, and I remember... I was at the hotel, like, that night after we'd finished shooting, mm-hmm. and it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm on the phone with my boyfriend, and then suddenly there's a knocking at the door. Oh, God, no. Yeah. I'm thinking of the morning show about what just... Uh, I just watched that series. Oh, Ugh. I haven't seen it. Okay. But, yeah, there's a, a knocking at the door, and it was my boss. And he's just like, Sharon, Sharon, open up, it's me. And I'm on the phone with my boyfriend. Right. Who's like, what is going on? Like, yeah. you know, what's happening? He was getting really upset. And it's and your I boss, so you tell, have to like... Well, I said to him, listen, I'm on the phone with my boyfriend. He was like, oh, don't worry, don't worry then. And like, just left. Oof. So, but that wasn't even the worst of it. So, you know, little That's things like that kind of happened Ooh. along the way. But um, this was the big one. So he said, okay, the show's coming back. Let's go out to dinner so we can talk about your role mm-hmm. in the new season. And I was like, okay, cool. So he said to me, listen, I'll pay you 50% more than BET and uh, you'll be on air as well as producing, which would have been great for me, right? Yeah. Um, under one condition. And I said, okay, what's that? He said, sex with me once a month. What? Yes. Oh. He literally said, sex with oh, me once a month. Oh, my God. And to then, have this great job. 
I fucking yeah. hate people. Sometimes and- it's better to fucking be unemployed, right? Let's hear it for the unemployed people. <laughs> so it's not people. always that bad being unemployed. <gasps> no, yeah. that's disgusting. Yeah. And he said to me, because he knew I still had that boyfriend, he said... Um, Oh, you know, I don't care who you're with the rest of the month, but that one night a week, that one night a month is mine. Ew, Those were his words. Sicko. And he said, "I will draw up the contract <gasps> immediately if you give me the go ahead." No, no. And you know what I said to him? What did you say? I said I'll think about it and I'll let you know. I'll call you tomorrow. I never called him again. Good, because you know I didn't want. You know what? That's even better. You're like you're ghosting him. You're like yeah. giving him like that. You know, like maybe she will call. You're like yeah. hold on, let me get back to you. And I never called him again, and he never called you. me again, and I never worked for that show again. You ever run into him? I've never run into him since. Thank God. But Hopefully, he's not our. Bi- is he? Our, he might be our biggest fan. You know, you never know who listens. <laughs> well, to Well, you know what? He should listen to this. He should. Through and you. He should fucking learn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was. It was. It was wrong. I was. You know, it's really so young at the wrong. time. I, I mean, the, yeah, you're trying to get your reasons. You're trying to get your wrong. career going, yeah. and like uh, when people present these opportunities to you, you're like, oh my god, like this sounds amazing. Yeah. And then they drop that, and it's just like, yeah. no, yeah. yeah, And that's I'm the sorry. thing. I mean, it's it was not the most uncommon thing. I mean, that was the most blatant. But there have certainly been other opportunities along the way sure, where I had yeah. to, you know, just walk away because great opportunity, but no, I'm not coming over to your house for dinner right. and you can't hold my hand like after the meeting and just... We're like, I mean, now we're living, thank God where people are speaking up. We're living through these, you know, the Weinstein trial right now, yeah, but it's just like yeah. that casting couch thing, that wasn't always a joke. Yeah. That was no, fucking no, I mean, real. This is real. And you know what? It's still real in certain, um, yeah. certain situations and especially in other countries as well, yeah. you know, who aren't as far ahead with this movement as we are. It's interesting, right? Because I told you I spoke about this story one other time right. and there was something I posted that had a bit of it in there. And somebody responded on Twitter saying, oh, they, you know, they, this person shouldn't have done that no matter what you're wearing. Oh, my God. And I just thought to myself... Wow, like you're already, your mind is already there. Like, what was she wearing? Yeah. And I wasn't wearing anything. Listen, <laughs> okay, I might have been known on HQ for wearing, you know, um, bodycon dresses. Sure, or dresses Sharon loves a bodycon. Like, I like a little bodycon dress. Why you know? not? Especially for that kind of, you know, you have to know what works for different formats, right? Yeah. And that might not work. It doesn't work my royal show. Right. You know, I host a show on the royal family. That's yeah. not what I'm wearing for the royal show. But it's like, you know, fun evening, um, you know, evening show. We're having a good time. It's like a party. So, you know, why not wear a nice dress? Um, but obviously it's someone who thinks, oh, well, this is how Sharon dresses. and People don't even know. I idea. know. And I was, you know, at that point in time, I was probably wearing like a sweater up to here. Right. And when I'm saying up to here, guys, because you can't see, I'm talking about like over a, her uh, face, over yeah. my face. Yeah. <laughs> and like jeans. And back then I didn't even know how to dress anyway. So it definitely wasn't anything sexy. So you can't like, don't let your mind always go there because, um, no, yeah. respect us for who we are and the yeah. job we do. There was a reason we put our handles up every night on HQ. It's like, <laughs> find us in our normal life. We exactly. wear jeans, we're exactly. normal people. Exactly. Like, we're dressing for a job. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not like we're even made up, like with the right. eyelashes and all that stuff going yeah. on right now. We've 
very sort of cool and yeah, casual. Right now, we're in pajamas. It's exactly. amazing. Yeah. Onesies. <laughs> furry, <laughs> I should. furry onesies. Brian, we about. should get onesies for all of the guests who come just to like feel very, like, you know, unemployed. <laughs> yeah. You're going to do that with the Patreon you, money? Yeah. But you're going to get a fresh onesie for each guest, right? Absolutely. It's not going to be that yeah. same Are onesie. You kidding? Yeah, I'm not trying to work. spread coronavirus <laughs> through a onesie. That probably can happen. Um, probably. It's just highly contagious. Before, yeah, right? Before we answer any questions, so I, I got questions from HQ fans. I just want to know, have you ever had like a very, you know, a longer period of unemployment or in between jobs? And I wanted to know if there was something that you do to to keep yourself grounded, to stay, you know, afloat. Obviously you work hard, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, there have been times. I mean, I remember one time I had to stop working for a little while just to sort out like some immigration stuff this Mm -hmm. was like right after school as well and that was actually really hard uh because I had to wait three months before I could start working again luckily they actually held the position for me that was a that was that's good I think that was a BET was that a BET because yeah, you started work while you were in yeah, school. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was at BET. And uh, my boss was nice enough to hold my position for me. But it was really interesting because I heard um, there were several people because I was doing the cool stuff. I was like doing all the entertainment stories, right? Mm-hmm. So there were several people who went to him and they said, oh, Sharon's going to have immigration problems like constantly so you might just want to not bring her back maybe you should hire me to be the entertainment producer um or the entertainment reporter yeah that that actually happened but um I mean but that was rough because it was something that I should have been more on top of I was there was a lawyer who I was listening to who was like oh no you can get the card renewed uh day of you know like you don't you don't need to do it in advance you need to do it like three months in advance right and he's just so (laughs) yeah exactly exactly so that was that situation but no there have been as i was talking uh, about before there have definitely been periods of you know those in-between periods and those have been rough for me but um or they used to be Uh uh-huh not really now because I work on so many things, so many of my own things. You you have to sort of put the power in your own hands, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the great thing about where we are right now, the power is in your hands. Yeah, like, you don't look, have to look wait look around. what you're doing. You know, you've got your own podcast. Like, oh. you, you're bringing guests on. You There's know, you a guys lot of podcasts. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't matter. The, the, the thing is you're still being proactive, right? Oh, yeah. And you're still, this is great ongoing experience for you Mm -hmm. you're going to meet some really incredible people people are listening to this you know you're having an impact is is a great platform and you're just going to build it from here but that's the thing it's like you have to keep yourself busy with these other things and at the end of the day I realized after seeing the way like certain talent has been treated at networks Mm -hmm. um even myself at times right Uh, but it doesn't matter how big you are one day you might be in, the next day you're out. And you might have dedicated, you know, like a Jay Leno, right? Mm-hmm. You dedicated your however many lives to doing a particular show. And then when they decide you're out, you're out. So that made me realize, okay, you have to have your own stuff. Yeah. And it's easier to have that now than ever before. So I've always got something going on. No matter what's going on in terms of where I'm employed or I'm hosting this show or hosting that show... 
I'm doing my own stuff in between. Right. And that's just as important, yeah. you know. So I work on creating and selling shows. And listen, sometimes it's hard because a lot of this, what you have to go through is very monotonous. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'm doing... And it takes a while. Two-hour interviews with, like, potential cast members, right? And now I've got to edit that down and work with my editor to get that down to three minutes. Mm -hmm. And I'm the person that's... I don't just send that off to get transcribed. I go through the two hours because I want the best of the best. Yeah. Uh, And then you've got to, you know, write the treatment. And then you've got to go take those meetings and meet with production companies. And then you've got to take the network meetings. And you may or may not sell the show. And the, you know... the there's a good chance you're not going to sell the show right. because even the most famous producers like have a really hard time selling shows, especially now. Even though there are so many platforms, right. they're very niche, very, very niche. And they constantly change what they're looking for. And there's a high turnover rate with executives as well. Um, so, you know, you have to drive yourself and you have to have that passion. And you don't get paid. I've worked on shows for two years, right? And got it to a really really good place but something might have happened I mean we sold a show to a network I worked on for two years shot the presentation it was about to be the next Jersey Shore it really was Mm -hmm. like amazing cast MTV was crazy about this show so there was even a changing of the guard in between where they had greenlit some projects and then they were like no we're not doing because that can easily happen but they loved this show so much they're like we're keeping this one and then one cast member messed up the whole thing I won't go into exactly what happened but because of one cast member who was like a very important cast member um everything came crashing down and it's like you just worked on that for two years yeah you know and don't get paid until I mean I got a little bit of money from it I was set to get a lot of money from it Oh my you know, and it was a lot of work. I mean, a lot of work. Yeah. Staying up till, you know, seven, eight o'clock in the morning, night after night after night, like writing documents and style guides yeah. and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, Sharon, to- we got to pitch a show together. I yeah. make decks all the time. I think this Do would you? be. Yeah, of course. I'm in the process of pitching a couple shows right okay, now. Nice, so nice, we'll nice. chat. Let's chat. Let's yeah. chat. Because we never really like chatted our projects no, after. No, we haven't. While we were at HQ. No, not really. Uh Well, this is great. You're very inspiring. Honestly, for everyone out there, it's so true. You can't just wait around for someone to find you. Always have your own stuff going on. Even if it's just, you know, something creative that's a good outlet for you, you never know what's going to come of it. Or who you're going to run into and meet and they're going to want you for something. And if you've got it already done or you have projects that you've been working on, like there's a reason that you're doing it. Yeah. So Make sure you're ready for it, you know. Make sure you're ready for that opportunity mm-hmm. that you're hoping comes your way and go after it, you know, continue to Fast, go after it. fake it, get exactly. your foot in the door, <laughs> act like a fucking boss, and then they're going to love you. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, just make sure you're knowledgeable of whatever it is, whatever world it is that you want to be an expert in or, you know, just do your due diligence. Make sure you, you know it inside and out. Yeah. Don't sit around, you know, binge watching Netflix like, <laughs> for the whole time and, okay. you know, hoping someone co- comes after you. you Unless know? it's Love is Blind, because you know what? Everyone should blow through that show, at least yeah. this week. Is it good? It's I wild. It. Oh, you're going to, it's so stupid and funny and entertaining. Honestly, mm-hmm. it was entertaining. But I did yeah. wish I didn't watch it. So 
I did this with Matt Richards because, you know, obviously we all lost a, a great job recently. Yeah. And there's a lot of HQ fans who, you know, have questions for us or miss seeing us on air. Love the HQCs. Right? And they're sending such beautiful messages. Aren't you getting so oh, many nice, yes. like, DMs or, like, comments and stuff? So and they many. miss us. Yeah. So I really we wanted to... Open this up to the HQDs and ask and, and tell them they can ask us questions and we'll answer them for Definitely. them. So I'm going to start with some of my favorites. Okay, this one is from Eugene Bayon. Eugene! Shout out to Eugene. What's up, Eugene? Um, he said, this is for you only, can mm-hmm. you speak in any American accent like Anna's or Matt's? I think he wants to know your impression of me oh, or Matt. God. <laughs> It's the word nerd. Ah. <laughs> How's that? That was that bad. was perfect. Was Do terrible. a math. No, it was great for the children. <laughs> yes, that was good. <laughs> was it? You were good at both of us. Oh, thank you. I give you like an eight out of ten. That's it. Bummer. <laughs> was it good? She said the R. Right. Word Bummer. nerd. Word nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I love it. Okay, here's a good one. Uh, shout out to Adam Fowler. Oh, Adam Fowler. Yeah, you know Adam, I love Fowler. Adam Fowler. I think he actually played UK. I think he's, he's English, in the UK. right? Yeah. yeah. He said, What was the best part of working on HQ together and why? Oh. Um, our conversations in the uh, in the green room. In the green maybe. room with Stella. Shout out to Stella. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because we, well, one time we hosted together, right? Which was actually an epic event. The rest of the time we didn't host together, but no, we'd we didn't. see each other, you know, because you get in there, you're in hair and makeup. Anna's usually going in for a rehearsal while I'm in hair and makeup, yeah. right? And then you're getting dressed and, then and ready I'd, to go. Right, and then you're Wait, rehearsing. because no, you were after me. But you'd, yeah, you'd rehearse while I'm getting makeup. Then I'm in there rehearsing, you're getting your hair yeah. and makeup. It's a quick turnover yeah, there. it's a quick turnover. But we would have those nights where, you know, afterwards we're just like chilling, having dinner and like... Yeah. We'd God eat sushi thing. late at night. We'd do a we photo would. shoot. We'd yes, do some yes. boomerangs. We'd stand on funny tables. I think that yeah. was my favorite part. When like, like <laughs> when Sharon was working and you're always down to take a fun photo after. Yeah, 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 yeah. The fun photos are always great. Yeah. And it was just nice to see a smiling face, you know, every day. So Aww. I appreciated that. I appreciate you. <laughs> Okay, here's a great question. Shout out to Jim LaJunice. I probably butchered that. Mm-hmm. He Hi, said, Jim. If you or Sharon Carpenter could live the life of another HQ personality or host for a day, who would it be and what would you do? Oh, God. <laughs> I know um, my answer to this. I would just say, g- give me your. Wait, I would you be Matt Richards for a day okay. and have no care in the world and fucking <laughs> ride around on my electric, uh, you know, skateboard and play with my big puppies and show up. And, you know, big he's puppies. just, he's Matt always, he's a very positive person. He's always in a good mood. Matt's great. Yeah. yeah. I would be, I would probably be Matt too. But here's why <laughs> for a different reason. Because I want to be in a man's body for a day. Oh, yes. I just, and a man's mind, like, I, because I don't always understand how it works. Right. It's very different I think to Matt's us. is just like, I want a burger. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> well, any of the guys, like, I would be, I would be one of them for the day. Just Got to it. experience being a man. Oh, it's my God. pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Brian. Wouldn't you want to be a woman for a day? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Depends on the day, right? Not on a bad day. On a good day. I got it. (laughs) 
Okay. Um, here is one from Chicken22. Shout out to Chicken22. I believe that is Vic. Other Hi, Chicken22. <laughs> other than each other, if you could choose anyone to co-host with on HQ, who would that person be and why? Another HQ host or just anyone in general? I think just anyone in general to co-host anyone with Anyone in general. I would have um, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Ooh, come yeah. and do HQ yeah. with you. That would be a that. Can you imagine? That would be a crazy be the game. Biggest game ever. You think they've ever now. played? Do you think they even know yeah. what it is? You do? I think they've probably played. <gasps> I because HQ became a phenomenon in the UK, just right. you know, in a similar way to the way it did in uh, in the US. And I have a feeling. I mean, Harry's always got his sort of ear to the street a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a cool. You know, got that cool kid mentality. He knows what's up. Yeah. I think he was probably on it, yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. You know I don't know I'd about pick. William, but I have a feeling. I mean, who knows? The Queen might have played. Oh, Can my. You imagine? No. <laughs> Could you imagine if she got her staff like twice a day? Everyone had to play HQ. That would be amazing. Because if people gosh. were doing it in offices and stuff, if the queen... They really were. I mean, listen. I'd lose my Harrods mind. Harrods was playing. Like, politicians were playing. I was yeah. over there and, like, the home secretary, Sajid Javid, is like, oh, my God, can we take a selfie? I love George it. Osborne, who's like, who runs the Evening Standard, was, like, the <laughs> biggest fan. And everyone at the Evening Standard, like, played HQ all the time. So that's why it wouldn't really surprise me yeah. if they... If you they were really played. there for cool times. Yeah. I was there for cool times, but not as big as those days yeah. when it was really crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty awesome. I would pick, who would my co-host be? I mean, honestly, you know it would probably be Oprah Winfrey. Really? Yeah, yeah okay. if I could stand up straight. Like, I don't know if <laughs> would I would... Would you be that starstruck? I probably would for her. Mm. I mean, I feel like it'd be like a moment and then we'd be best friends and it'd okay. be like totally fine. She's lovely. She's very oh, warm. I'm yeah. obsessed with her social media right now. Oh. She is just killing. It. Yeah, um, didn't you post something? In- I posted everything. <laughs> <laughs> we did an entire after- HQ After Dark show for Oprah. Did you? Yeah, every oh question gosh. was about her. We played all her memes. It was it was pretty epic. You got to catch up. <laughs> oh, on, I missed that one on YouTube. It's I did somewhere. Yeah. Um, here's a good one. <laughs> I love this question. How will you afford your incredible sense of style now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, um, well. I oftentimes don't buy expensive stuff. No. Right? So I do two different things. You don't things. need to with social media. To, you don't need to with social media. So I do two things. Like I will go for affordable pieces or I will borrow a lot of pieces, mm-hmm. right? Like sometimes I'll borrow stuff from the designers um, or from showrooms. And sometimes I... Um, you know, we've we've done Rent the Runway before mm-hmm. as well, which is pretty cool. But I feel like sometimes you don't find as, you know, it's not... Uh-oh. Sharon, well, they, like, they might be my sponsor. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I just feel like, like I've had to, I do Rent the Runway sometimes for my uh, royal show as well. But then I found myself like still going out and buying stuff because yeah. I like this dress better than anything I was able to to find there online. So, um, but I, you know, I'm just, I'm just sensible and smart when it comes to fashion. And I don't think you have to spend that much money. I think there are so many options out there. Yeah. And it's really about like having an eye and just saying, oh, you know, I'm going to put this with this or, you know, knowing your body and I like this dress and the way it looks on me. It might not be the most expensive. Um, 
I probably spend more money on shoes than mm-hmm. I do on. Uh, I always say that. Yeah. Save your money for you know a good bag, yes. a good pair of shoes, a pair of boots, yeah. a nice leather jacket. You exactly. don't need to There's dress in like pieces. Sta- you know, in like high end fashion. Yeah, yeah save you're it not for those wear that pieces. Again. Yeah, exactly. Like. My favorite jeans right now are these jeans from Zara. They're they're like thirty dollars yeah. and they fit great and they're comfortable and yeah. I love them and I get compliments on them and I'm like I love telling people too. I'm like oh they're Zara. They're yeah. like so cheap. Yeah, yeah. No, so absolutely, style is a part of your personality. Yeah. You really don't have to. I, I love styling myself. You don't have to splurge and, too much at no. all. You don't. And even the Roy- shop I mean, vintage too. There's some yeah. good vintage out there. Yeah, just yeah. make sure you purell it. Yeah, right now, don't get coronavirus from mm. vintage. <laughs> you also, <laughs> we we've all got to start thinking about sustainable fashion as well. Mm-hmm. So this whole thing that we're all on right now, which and I definitely am, the oh I can only wear it once. Mm. That's not really good for the environment no, no we gotta got to, get on that sisterhood of the traveling do. pants train you we. know <laughs> share one pair of jeans for the next 10 years exactly <laughs> <laughs> so uh, rent the runway is great in that way yeah absolutely and you take a photo you're not gonna want to wear it again just return it get something else yeah. wear, wear something else exactly um here's a fun one from shout out to jim it's just jim sorb photo it's his twitter handle what hey, is jim. one skill or ability you wish you could learn winking I can't wink. I cannot wink. Winking. And you don't know you don't know the amount of times that, you know, we've been shooting something for a show or whatever, and they're like, yeah, and just give a little wink at that point. I can't wink. That's so like the funny. wink's gonna turn into a full-on blink like this. And you're just gonna look awkward. And then it's they're gonna like, be like, yeah, she's just looks like a twitch. Yeah. And for some reason I've never been able to wink and I don't know why, and it's not fair. Wow. It's hard. It's hard life. That's you know? hard. I think <laughs> uh, a skill or ability. I would. Brian, you get to answer this question too. He's I can't at, wink either. You can't. Well, well, I can't like do it. I don't know. Naturally, so you can't exactly. do it on demand. Exactly. Well, like, yeah, yeah, like seductively or sexy or anything like that. It's just like kind of. Eh. Um, Let's uh. see you wink. Yeah, this is a podcast. Everyone wants to see your wink. <laughs> Oh, that was good. Yeah. That was pretty good. I mean, yeah. You raised your eyebrow see, a little see, bit. Now, okay, now, there's a lot of eyebrow uh, eyebrow yes. action going on there. Now, now I'm thinking about it too much. Oh, see, yours is terrible. Let's oh, say. I think I'm great let's, at it, Brian. Let's see. Oh, you can do both eyes. I can do both eyes. You I'm ambidextrous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what my skill or ability I wish I could learn. Honestly, I wish I was uh, fluent in another language. I think that would really... Which one? Um, well, I, I was very good at Spanish growing up, so I wish I could speak Spanish because then I would love to be able to work, you know, other jobs where I could speak another yeah, language. I think yeah. that would be awesome. Always, always great. Yeah, I like French. Yeah. love French. I used to know a lot of French. I've forgotten it all. I know, you got to just keep it up. You have to keep it up. I, otherwise I wish it just I did. goes in one ear out the other. Um... Okay, here's a fun question <laughs> for Sharon. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. If there was a British equivalent of HQ words, okay, how would the puzzles differ from the ones that Anna hosts? <laughs> They'd be 
British. Right. That's it. <laughs> They'd just be but British. But a lot of people used to complain. Uh, the UK players would complain that the words we used in HQ words were very American. Yeah. No, that's true. And these ones would be very British. Just because we have different, like, <laughs> snacks and like, exactly, daily exactly. Different things. TV shows, you know, um, different everything, really. And then we also have words that just differ for the same thing, right? Like lift versus elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, lift versus elevator. Same yeah. with Canadian. I feel like Canadian HQ words would be a little different too. Yeah, I don't know much about Canada. I guess I'll, I'll be finding out more with... Harry and Meghan being there. There you go, yeah. yeah. We're going over there for dinner, right? Yeah. I'm your guest. I've already <laughs> invited. They have milk in bags. That's, that's in all Canada? I need. In Canada? Yeah. Do they? Yeah. Milk in bags? Yep. Wow. You all drink milk out of a bag? <laughs> well, this is how you do it. You uh, you have a bag of milk. It's like you, a cow's udder. And then, well, and then you put the bag of milk in a pitcher, uh-huh. and then you cut the bag of milk, and you pour the pitcher so it comes out of the bag. Wow. Why? How I guess much it's time like, have you how many breakfasts have you had in Canada? I used to live there. Oh, yeah. oh did you? Yeah. Um Well, I know you're from Buffalo and that's like near it. Yeah, it's but. basically Canada adjacent. Um wow. yeah, I guess it's because it's like uh less breakage in transportation. Uh, it makes more sense, but yeah. it's weird as hell when you open the fridge and that's like what's looking at a you. A bag of milk. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Good to know. Um, okay, here I have two more questions and then we're going to wrap this up. Okay. Shout out to Jarek Bruel. Jarek. What's up? Yeah, Jarek. Hey, Jarek. Jarek wants to know, what were both of your favorite gigs you've booked outside of HQ and why? Mm. Uh, one of mine was definitely being on Empire because mm. uh, I got to play myself and I interviewed... Jussie Smollett, who was Jamal Lyon, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, before all of the before drama, before the scandal. But the coolest part was when Cookie bursts in and interrupts the interview, and she's like, "Sharon, I'm the one you spoke to on the phone." Mm-hmm. So it's like Cookie Lyon saying my name was pretty cool. Um, and he said two, which what were the best two? Oh no, just oh, he just wanted one. to know yours and oh, mine. Okay, okay, what's yours? Uh, mine was probably not a gig that I booked, but I got. Uh, my project into the Tribeca Film Festival. Oh, amazing. Which was so cool. And like being treated like a filmmaker and going to see all of the stuff and meet people that week and do press for it. And it was like this dumb, silly project that I made with my boyfriend. And we got into Tribeca. Yeah, Yeah. we got into Tribeca Film Festival. Watch It was called Owen Wilson Dates Himself. And we both play Owen Wilson. And it was a (laughs) stupid idea. But like, what a week. It honestly was like, that week made me want to go to every film festival yeah. and like just make more and get in and like yeah. network more. That's so amazing. It was cool. Yeah. And then lastly, here's our final question of the day. Ooh. We're going to give a shout out to Cullen Wallen. Cullen. <laughs> Cullen Wallen. Uh, he said, what is your favorite memory on set at HQ? Um, there are so many questions like that. So hard. For I me. know they're tough. Yeah, it, that was a tough one. We could do a different question, but well, no, no, I don't mind. I liked it. Yeah, no, it's a good question. It's just I'll say one, then I'll think, oh, I should have said this or this. But to me, one of the most special moments was I hosted a game and had Sting and Shaggy on, 
And Sting was somebody who, at the very beginning of my career, when somebody had said to me, an executive, who was a big executive executive who I had a lot of respect for, um, and he said to me, oh, you want to be on camera? You want to work on camera, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, your English accent's a distraction. Oof. Yeah, and, like, that was it. And then he changed the subject to talk about something else. And, and you're like, you know, Hold I on. was young. <laughs> I was really young at the time, and... Uh, and I thought to myself, oh, my God, do I need to change up my accent? Do I need to learn to speak with an American accent and just not really be myself to make it over here? What do I do? And I went to go see Sting perform, and he performed Englishman New York. And one of the lines is, be yourself no matter what they say. Be yourself no matter mm-hmm. what they say. And I said to myself, okay, screw that. Yeah. I'm going to be myself no matter what he says or anybody else. I'm just going to be me. Yeah. And two years later, I ended up on his network with Jay-Z coming over to me in front of a whole bunch of execs, including him, and saying, oh my God, every time I see you on TV, your accent's amazing. Like, <laughs> brought his assistant over, like, how tell her how much I love her accent. Aww. And so that was a kind of a sweet moment. That's right? cool. Vindication, because he came over afterwards, the same exec, and was like, oh, you, I bet you want to scream, right? And I said, yeah, it was cool. He likes my accent. Look yeah, that. that's great. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so the, yeah, so Sting was the one who made me realize, okay, Englishman, New York, be yourself no matter what they say. Yeah. And I got to tell Sting that story as well. That's cool. And he just grabbed me and gave me a big hug. Oh, I so love that. Was that. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm trying to think. I had some, it's hard to pick your best memory because yeah. so many things stand out and like nights and just like fun times and hanging out with people we worked with uh, in production with. Um, I guess like the most exciting night for me was definitely the Neil Patrick Harris night. Yeah. Because I had never had a celebrity guest host. You guys have all had like these amazing (laughs) people and like this was new when words had just come out and they were like NPH is coming on and I knew he had my birthday. Oh, you guys share a birthday. We share a birthday. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to tell him about the fact that like you always know which celebrities have your birthday and I'm like, I always knew he had my birthday. (laughs) He was so sweet and like just very late back and chill and like it was fun it was just a fun night and I nice. felt like this is cool to work with like someone of this you know oh, yeah, level yeah, yeah. yeah so that was a really fun night I felt like oh my god who's my next celebrity and uh <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> it didn't happen but it's okay. not yet not yet it'll happen it, it will happen Sharon, it will definitely happen thank you so much for being here I know this is like you know I, I've said to you since I've been doing this podcast while we were working at HQ I'm yeah. like I gotta have you on I gotta have you on <laughs> you did so, well, you know I love you Anna so. I love you too I appreciate you when Anna you. asks my answer is always yes oh maybe we'll sell a show together now yeah we she's need got to talk that work about that. That. yeah <laughs> you got the work ethic I have a lot of unscripted decks yeah. ready to fucking go yeah 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 It'll yeah. happen. Um, and I hope we get to work together at some point, you know, if not selling a yeah. show, at, at another gig or, yeah. you know, interviewing people or I whatever. Know. I hope so. That would be amazing. How was this for you? Was I an okay this interviewer? Was, Craig, you do really good. It's supernatural. Like, yeah, this was a lot of fun. She, what's she going to say? No, Anna, this was painful. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. I've, no, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I have. And it's different as well because you don't really get to talk about, you know, jobs and yeah you know career stuff that right well, sometimes it comes off stuff, like but bragging but here yeah. we applaud you for yeah. having a job yeah the interesting thing is it's funny because in america you can kind of get away with bragging like they like you to brag a bit right <laughs> yeah 
But in England, like, and I found myself in situations where I've gone over to the UK. Like, I learned to sell myself here in the US, right? Because you have to. Because if if you don't tell them, they're not going to look to find out. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to tell them. Um, But in the UK, if you go over there talking about, I've done this, I've done that, they don't like it at all. And I've certainly gone into meetings in the UK as if I was in America and it got awkward. Yeah, and you see Because you you're not that. supposed to say, oh, yeah, I did this, I achieved that, I was able to, you know, yeah. conquer this. No, you They're can't. They're like, listen to this chick brag. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> exactly. great, we get, get it. Get her out of here. She's so American now. She loves herself. <laughs> exactly. But then you come to America and you just sit there, like, expecting them to know all about you yeah. or to... If you don't sell yourself, you're not, it doesn't matter. You could be the most qualified person. You're not getting the job. Right. Sell yourselves. Sell yourselves. I mean, just don't, don't... sell your body. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> well, if you're desperate. Yeah. I'm no, just kidding. No, no, no. no not after that story. No. All right. Well, I love you and I'm really appreciative too. of you. And I'm so glad that we got to connect doing HQ together. Me too. It was pretty awesome. It was, it was definitely awesome. And I'm looking forward to the future because I know we've both got great things. We do. We We do. do. Where can people find you? Give me all your plugs. Sell yourself. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So, I mean, you can definitely find me on Instagram. It's probably the best place where I'm most active at Sharon Carpenter. Uh, Twitter as well. You know, I check that every so often, not as often as I would like, but um, I'm on Facebook, but yeah, I don't really, I haven't been on there in a while either. So Instagram's probably your best bet. And um, plug your, but then, your yeah. company on Instagram too. So yeah, Carpenter Media is my company. There's not a lot to see there right now, but you can follow me there as well because um, hopefully there'll be lots of cool stuff to see very, very soon. So I host a, a show on the Royal Family for People, you know, People Magazine, Um and uh, that's on twice a week. That's on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6.30. It streams live on Twitter. Uh, and then you can find it on People TV, the People TV app, um, and various other places like YouTube, etc. And that's really fun. You know, it's all about the royals right now. And then, you know, you guys should be able to catch me on Wendy soon, Wendy Williams and uh, BBC America and a few other places. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Anna Roisman all over the freaking place. Find the Patreon. It is Unemployed with Anna Roisman on Patreon. Throw us a couple bucks. You know, we're trying to produce... Uh, a great show for you and we have more in store uh also you can find the podcast at unemployed pdcst it's podcast without uh vowels because that's hip and cool for 2020 oh yeah (laughs) but you know listen to the other episodes rate them you know rate the podcasts uh, write a review i'm supposed to say all of these things because they matter actually they really Mm. do if you just give us five stars tell us you know anna looks amazing today even though all you did was hear me that helps (laughs) that actually helps um anyway i love you guys stay strong out there we're all gonna find amazing jobs soon and i will talk to you soon bye bye
All right, I gotta give a big shout out right now. Shout out to Eric Lang, shout out to John Ediger, shout out Scott Menke, and shout out to Vic. You are my latest patrons on patreon.com slash unemployed with Anna. And I am so grateful for you. You're donating to the podcast, you're giving to a good cause, and we love it here. If you wanna become a patron, you can just go to patreon.com slash unemployed with Anna and donate, you know, $5, $10, $25, whatever you got. You're gonna get exclusive content and a personalized shout out from me. Me, baby, yeah.